what documentary did you watch that inspired you? If I end up crying on this, <laughs> I'll open my heart. It's a very personal journey. Tapes, secret tapes. It is tapes. a personal journey. No one's supposed to find these tapes. <laughs> Welcome to the Try Me Tapes, an audio journal of an amateur athlete. I'm Matt. And I'm Abby. And we're here to discuss Abby's athletic adventures. So we made it to tape eight. If we've got any listeners after the monster that tape seven was. It's a whopper. I had a lot to say. You did. I couldn't edit it out because it was all pure gold. A gold mine of stuffs. I'm glad you think so. Hmm. So, ep eight, the final episode... I guess we should jump into those final few blogs. So the first blog, when we finish off in tape seven, you'd booked your event, you'd had a rest week, you were feeling better. The next blog is called Halt. It just starts with sort of saying your training was building up nicely, four weeks until that first race at Woking. What was happening for you around then? I think I was feeling more comfortable in in the training and more confident. I still think I was on the back foot a little bit of feeling tired, so maybe not quite as recovered as I should have felt in trying to progress. Um, And maybe I should have communicated that a little bit more with Jimmy. Were you looking forward to the event? Mm. A month to go with the 12th of March, 2020. So I think what was happening at the time was... Crowbro were going to do a triathlon as well. Right, okay. They were putting up more details about their course and where their transition was going to be. Okay. And it was, if you know Crowbro, the at Goldsmiths, you would come out of the pool and you would head to, um, in the middle of the track where there's a, a gated playground and that's where you would leave your stuff and your bike and your helmet. And that was all I could envisage and uh, <laughs> I just, Every time I thought about it, I just thought, oh my God, I'm going to get stones in my feet. I'm going to trip. I'm going to look like a right Muppet. It's so windy around there. It's got its own climate. So I thought, God, I'm going to get blown off my bike trying to get on the bike. And I know it was not exactly the same as Woking, but I had planned on maybe doing the Cobra one as well because it was in the area and it would have just been another... Was it before before then? No, that was going to be in July. When we talked in tape six and seven, there was a little bit of self-doubt as to whether you were going to be any good at triathlon and whether you were actually enjoying it or not, but you'd committed to it. But at this stage, you were thinking about doing two. Uh, three, actually. Yeah. It was advised by Jimmy okay. um, that you would do three because your first one, you're so inexperienced and it could go completely the wrong way. Yeah. And that's when you could learn from it and the next one you would go you maybe could think about where your flaws were and what you could improve yeah um and then the last like is just a little bit of a combination of the two all that built up experience yeah trying to put it into place and, and see I'm what you can do i'm pretty sure that i'd planned on doing the woking one so the woking one was booked um, you were going to do the crowbar one after that what was the third one i think it was seven oaks okay which is apparently a really hard course when I said it, to, said it to people. So I was like, yeah, maybe I won't book that yeah, one. Maybe, maybe. We'll see how I go on the first two. <laughs> but you didn't. You didn't do any of them. No. COVID came along. Crushed my dreams. And kiboshed your dreams. How did that affect your training? 
At first, um, because it was a lockdown, most places were uh, shut, especially like gyms. So the strength training that I could do, I had limited weights. So I would use dumbbells or a kettlebell that I borrowed from my gym. And you could go out for exercise. I think the the guidance was very limited to where you could go. So people were taking the mickey a little bit of going a little bit further distance on their bike right. and taking advantage of the clear roads as well because yeah. no one was going anywhere, um, which was quite cool. Like I did like that. Mm. And runs were still the same because obviously I could go out for a run, but... Then there was that rule where you could only go out once a day for exercise. Yeah. When they said about like the period of time that you could go out, well, I thought, well, if I do my bike ride, which is maybe like an hour and a half, and I'm going to go out for a run, are they going to watch me? They're going to Hawkeye. They'll get you on the uh, satellite. Like, she's she's been out already. Come around, give me a ticket <laughs> while you're running. <laughs> but it is so new that it, it literally did feel like that. It was like, yeah. oh my God, like, what are we allowed to do? What aren't we allowed to do? But to be fair, where you were running, you decided to change from track and road running to trail running. Because it was well, more fun. Because it was more fun, because it drew your attention away from the running more than... I like the scenery. Mm. I liked dodging the roots on the ground. <laughs> that sounds so... <laughs> um, I did actually, I do like dodging. I do like looking at the ground and, and like watching my step and... Okay. And I feel like I can just push a little bit harder, whereas with each stride on a road run, mm. I'm thinking, oh my God, my knee, or um, that was that was really heavy footed, mm. like pick up your feet and all that sort of stuff. But where on a trail run, you're just thinking... Stay on your feet, stay on your feet, stay on your feet. <laughs> Yippee! <whoa. laughs> Skipping through the woods. Um, so there was no swimming, obviously. Oh, uh, no swimming, yeah. So there's no swimming. You were doing... Can I just say? Yeah. This is revolutionary for some, for maybe some, but there was... A, I think Jimmy might have done this with some of his clients. But they put like a couple of resistance bands hooked on something. Yeah. And then you would hold those resistance bands so arms out in front, uh, above your head yeah hold the resistance bands hinge from your hips and then you would go straight arms and like pull back so like you were doing a right. front crawl <laughs> and that's how people were trying like keeping up there you didn't fancy that mm. we had the resistance bands and everything why don't you tell me this was an option mm. i did do some banded work it's not exactly like out of the ordinary i just mm. thought i thought it was funny that pe- i did think it was a joke at first but I think one of the things that one of the skills that you sort of learn, relearn or learn doing triathlon training was finding your balance point in the water, and that can only be done in water. So if that was something you really needed to gain a strength in. Doing any kind of banded work wasn't what you needed to improve. No, however, I I think it's a bit like riding a bike. I'd be really interested to see what I'd be like in the water now, mm. trying to remember all those skills that I learned because I think I'd. St- like pick it up quite quick right but maybe that i don't know if that's to do with swimming or if that's to do with just me yeah um because i probably enjoyed it out of them out of the three that that was my favorite and i had to be really conscious of what i was doing because i had such a limited time in the pool it was the one you had to put the most attention in you've mentioned that in other tapes that the swimming was the thing that you had to build into your schedule first because it was a public pool and it wasn't open 24 hours and you know, your and shifts was, as well. And there's more. it was more technique or guidance mm. for technique. Right. Um, whereas the others is like, just get the get the hours in. Okay. So turbo training as well still? 
I was turbo training, was. yeah. A lot about that. We were moving as well. We did move right in the middle of this, yeah. So stuff was getting packed. That was stressful. Things were just chaos, like, all over the place. Yeah. And obviously then trying to find the right time to, well, COVID, you'd have all the time in the world, but it's sort of the right time and the motivation to get up and go and do it when you've got, like, things to pack. and. Yeah, we had lots to do and was training a priority at that moment when there were bigger fish to fry on all fronts for you? Yes, it was. I think we had a conversation that it actually was. It was my priority. Yeah, it was because you'd committed to it and you felt that anything other than 100% was the wrong intention to have. Like you couldn't, you didn't want to take your foot off the gas because you'd come so far and you'd recently got over a real low trough period of sort of being almost exhausted with it. Mm. You didn't want to just sort of let everything else get in the way of it. Yeah, I remember that that was kind of the like first thing that was set up. Did I train on the day that we, no, I didn't train on the day that we moved. Maybe the day after I think I trained. Yeah, you were turbo training in the garden, weren't you? Yeah, after we had that like humongous pizza because we did all the heavy lifting and everything ourselves. And we sat on the sofa just wanting to smother ourselves in pizza. Pizza. <laughs> we do that now, every now and then. <laughs> <laughs> just an insight into our lives that people just do not need. So yeah, so it's it is your focus. It was your priority, but from my point of view at the time we're talking end of March early April you are letting triathlon training rule your life and I use those words very carefully you are letting triathlon training rule your life it dictated everything it dictated your mood your diet your time talk me through like how it felt for you obviously lockdown was a big deal. The swimming was stopped, but you could ride, you could run, you did have weights in the garden. I liked the fact that I was being pushed and I thought that because I was being pushed that I was getting quite good or better or progressing. So I liked having that push, confident, like someone's confident in my ability. So because then, Jimmy was still programming new stuff yeah, and it was getting harder, yeah, that you felt like, that was progression yeah. because it was getting harder. Yeah. But it wasn't the novelties worn off. The skill sets have been developed. It wasn't a novelty. I think I really needed the competition to know the baseline of where I was at. And how was that affecting your training? Knowing that that competition had been cancelled, how was that affecting your mindset going into training? I thought it was pointless. <laughs> not, point not pointless, but yeah. just kind of like fizzled out at the time you said that you couldn't wait a whole year to understand whether you liked or were good at the sport yeah so I think that because it this is the first time that I've tried something a new sport because I've always been involved in hockey yeah I didn't know whether I should really still enjoy it because I hadn't got anything to mark it against yeah Whereas like in hockey, like if you score goals or if you, you know, you know that you've done a quite good performance or you got women of the match kind of thing. You've got that team spirit as well. If you win as a team, that's nice. Yeah, that's instant feedback. Yeah. Um, whereas all my training has been by myself and I didn't love it. So. so there wasn't, you didn't have that perspective of 
completion of a training session was a win or progress in a training session that you wouldn't have been able to do that wasn't a win you weren't getting that buzz from the training I always think that I like I do think that that's a win every time I would do a training session and I would always go into it yeah like a hundred percent but at this and time I, each time that I would do a training session I'd finish it and be like that was good yeah but also like Jesus Christ thank God that's over because it was hard and I liked that that it was challenging yeah but I always needed to get motivated to set up my bike to go out for a run it wasn't ever like oh like I get to train today it was like good god it's today I need to plan what time I'm going to do it so I can plan to fuel myself I can plan what how I'm going to recover I need to know how many days I've got to recover and then the reduction of my training being like I don't have didn't have swimming I was like, oh, that's like the best part that I liked. Mm. And now that's gone too. So now I'm just going to be like running and biking. And the bike was really hard. Yeah. And the running, I haven't, I still had niggles. Was it making you unhappy? Probably. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think, yeah, it, I was stressed. Yeah. So the, the whole process of training for a triathlon had now turned into a stress. Yeah. And if we go back to tape one, this was about building a better mindset, overcoming adversity. Do you not think this is a brilliant opportunity to overcome adversity? At this moment, April 2020, the world's locked down. You can't train the way you want to train. Okay, you've got to wait 12 months to do your event. You're saying adapt and overcome. At the time, did you not see that as an opportunity or... No, I had a battle with myself of being like, you've said you're going to do it, so bloody do it. And then I had the, the other little angel or devil, I don't know which one would come out this angle, but <laughs> basically saying, why carry on? Right. Who are you doing it for? Right. What are you doing it for? Well, I mean, that's, that, again, that's the, been the purpose of all the tapes. The whole purpose of this exercise is why are you doing it? Yeah, and it was for mindset. And I think like over a few conversations that I had with various people, you being one, was that it doesn't matter that I don't do it now. Okay. And that, yeah, that's true. And to actually come to a decision and stop it is as much as a strength as it is to carry on, I thought, especially for me, because I'm shocking at making decisions, especially like if it means that I look weak or that I've not done something that I said I was going to do. Yeah. So that leads you into that sort of penultimate blog, which is called Corona Calls It. You decide in this blog that that's, that's it. You're training as a triathlete. You can't go on. I can't go on. I, just, I, can't. I, just, <laughs> I can't go on, guys. Roaring to the door. Yeah. But you, you say in this, competing may have lit more fire in my belly to continue. However, I know that I need to find new challenges that push me to be better. And that's where you got to with triathlon. It wasn't having any positive outcome beyond getting better at the physical. And I think I only experienced it in one element. I think that you said it as well, that when I went to go, I trained with um, the guys at VO2 Max in the pool. And I came away from that really happy because it was more of a team. So it was, like more, it was just fun. Mm. And also people like complimented me and said like yeah. that I had a, a good natural talent and Feedback. yeah and I liked it that wasn't you that wasn't me going oh I did better than last time or well done Abby 
talk me through that that decision making process of I'm quitting something I said I wasn't going to quit over I'm quitting something that's not making me happy. In fact, it was ruling your life in so many ways that it wasn't it wasn't the intention. I get very emotionally caught up in things. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's why it took over my life. To make that decision was really tough and it drained me, but then to I think what made it better for me or easier for me was talking to other people and them going, well, like this that, that's okay. Yeah. And then for me to say, well, yeah, it is okay. How did it feel when you made up the decision in your head, once you made your mind up, once you decided, yeah, okay, that you're right, this isn't... Oh, God, I had to text Jimmy and I felt... I'm asking what, how you felt first before the message to Jimmy, before you sent that message to Jimmy and say, I'm a quitter. I felt elated. Did you? Yeah. Okay. I felt like it was lifted off of me mm. and that everything that I could do now for exercise mm. could be what... I wanted to do rather right. than and I know that that's so wishy-washy with me because I think before I even did triathlon mm. I would talk about weightlifting and how I lost the love of doing that and I didn't want to lift a heavier back squat and I didn't see the point of it and blah 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 and then it just cycles back to actually that is my interest now and yeah it's being sort of empathetic to your own decision making like it's okay that I didn't want to do that then but I do want to do it now. I think that's what, as well, what I've learned maybe over the past year properly about myself is that I do change my mind quite a lot and I think that that's okay. Yeah. And Maybe it changes how you deliver your opinions or your mind at the time because you know full well that you might actually have your mind changed at some point. So there's no point being too staunch and I actually like it I think it's a little bit more freeing than just having an opinion and being like I'm sticking to this it's like no I'm open to other people's perspective or yeah yeah even prove me wrong yeah you enjoy that yeah you you don't mind being wrong now no so this message to Jimmy how did that feel sinking sinking feeling it was horrible But he responded in such a lovely way and, again, made me feel like I did the right thing and that... And even told me that other people had sort of come to that conclusion at this time because they wanted to spend maybe a little bit more time at home. Well, they had to, but, like, with their families and... Yeah. Yeah, and it's hard. And it, it used up a lot of your energy. Yeah. So that was it. Called it. So I guess we should use tape eight to talk about some of the things you've learned from that triathlon training. You said that it's taken the most commitment you've ever put into anything. I think I've always been committed, maybe a little bit more in tune with what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. Mm. Because at hockey, I would turn up and just be there to have fun. Mm. Or when I was playing for East Grinstead, I'd be trying to learn from other people, but I'd always feel like I wasn't intuitive to my own development, my own skill, and I was just there to fill the gaps that they needed. Mm. What I'd learn is that I still like being part of a team, whether that is in an individual sport or not. I still want to be involved with other people so that I'm having a little bit more enjoyment or 
healthy competition, should I say? Like, I don't always want to be the winner winner, but it's nice to learn from somebody who's better than you or different than you. Yeah, but it's it's some engagement. One of the things you said in tape seven was there was massive signs of being lonely. You said when you're in the pool, that was fine because you can't really engage anyone else in the pool. Your face is in the water. You're cracking on with it. You've said it's got the most coaching cues attached to it. So there's actually skills to learn every swim session. But you said you were getting lonely on the run. You were getting lonely when you were just doing the turbo sessions for 90 minutes to a two-hour session. You were getting a bit lonely sort of exercising in the garden. Yeah, or or like when I was in the gym, my training sessions would be like just sitting there on the bike. So I'd want to distract myself rather than um, just sitting there listening to myself breathe. So I'd just have my headphones in. So if the guys were training there beside me, I wouldn't be involved with them. Yeah. Or I wouldn't be able to talk because I'd be above threshold all the time. (laughs) Just literally burning out. Hold on. And then you swear about it. So they wouldn't want to engage with you because it affected your mood, but affected your personality, the amount of training you were doing with the triathlon stuff, because you were having to find all that energy and motivation just to do it and to do it well, because you weren't trying to half-ass anything. So it was mustering up everything you had, right? Yeah. So your objectives of attempting a triathlon were primarily mindset, primarily to give you a challenge to complete for yourself. Do you think you did that with the training you did for triathlon? I think I did that. I think I maybe not necessarily got exactly what I thought I would out of the mindset, just trying to be a little bit maybe calmer. But I definitely explored some avenues that I'd never gone down before, especially with how I learned new skills and picked them up and endured. Endured. So before this block of triathlon training, had you done anything that hard before? Or would you say it was hard? I would have always given a decent attempt if, when I was in the gym. Yeah. And I would always give a good, decent attempt if I was playing hockey on a Saturday. Yeah. But like I said, it wasn't just about the physical efforts. It was the emotional effort and it was the, like, all of it, the mental aspect that I'm trying to improve yeah. and being a little bit more wise to how to improve yeah. it takes effort. Like, it's not just someone telling you all the time, like, you need to go and pick that up. It's like, well, he's giving me a guideline. I know what I'm kind of supposed to do. But your coach wasn't training your mindset. He wasn't saying to you. And what you're saying there is a really good point, is people sort of say, oh, you don't need to criticise. You don't need to be self-analytical. You don't need to be so hard on yourself. But you've just acknowledged then you still need to assess yourself to know where you can improve. Yeah. And that uses energy. Yeah. So you're trying not to be too hard on yourself, but you want to achieve something. So there's this cycle of, even when you're not training, to try and better yourself, you have... I think it's because I will always attach what I'm doing to a why. Okay. So I was trying to do it for a mindset, and then somewhere along the line, or even at the beginning of the line, is that, I am still competitive Mm. and so I would want to do something well and get a good outcome. Mm. And I did say that I didn't want a number on the competition at the end of it and I do still, I would still hold that value. Like I don't believe that I would be pissed off if I like had a lower number. I'd be pissed off if I was last. Would you? Yeah. So last would still... And second to last. Probably in the last 10. (laughs) I'd be really pissed off. Out of 
10. <laughs> <laughs> but it still matters to you. And I, I think that's one of the things you've learned about yourself is when you first discussed this, it was like, I really want that challenge. I want to, you know, you, you said in sort of tape two, I think, I want to be cool as a cucumber. I want I want to be chill, man. Like, it, I don't want stuff to phase me. I don't want the road rage. I don't want anything to sort of roll me up because it's all a challenge. Let's all go forward. And having that zen-like mindset directly conflicted with a big part of your personality which is your competitive streak and your desire to win and when I say win I mean get it right first time mm. and you fought those dual personalities every step of the way yeah do you think one is the cool calm mindset versus the passionate competitiveness which one do you think is dominant then when you started now when you're quitting triathlon I think I was in a different place when I first started. So I I definitely know that I have developed a cooler head. Right. Not brand new to my person. Like mm. I think I have within life you just you change a little bit. Yeah. And maybe I became a little bit more uptight. And then as I've gone into roles that I bloody love mm. and just settled into adulthood she, is. <laughs> she did grow up now Mama. <laughs> um and just been a little bit more comfortable with who i am um yeah. i think that has helped with the mindset but i am competitive with myself mm-hmm. so i can't ever you can't get rid of that person she's she's there all the time yeah okay and then put me next to someone i'm gonna beat them <laughs> so she, she's competitive against herself and anything else that moves. <laughs> and anything you do. <laughs> anything anyone does, you listening. So that was it. What was the worst thing about triathlon training? Or do you have a worst moment? Um, riding the bike out of the turbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Triathlon had many challenges. One was you didn't like riding a bike. <laughs> well, that's it then. So triathlon, done. What's next? So we've texted Jimmy, said, I'm sorry, I can't do it no more. Jimmy said, it's okay, you quitter. Um, Okay, so let me tell you this story. So the turnover between when I stopped being a primary school teacher because mm. of an unfortunate event, Mm -hmm. which was an exam failure, Mm -hmm. which meant I got kicked off the course. Yeah. In 24 hours, I'd already come up with a plan of a completely different career Career. that I was going to pursue Yes, and turn my head around. Okay, so you're saying, I don't rest on my laurels, I'm I'm off. Yeah. I'm going to get something new. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone when you needed a teaching career change, what was the first role you applied for? I think I did say that, haven't I? What, that you were going to work? Oh. <laughs> you were going to be a mind... Oh, the first one. <laughs> a minesweeper on Let's a go back to that, shall we? <laughs> she was going to be a minesweeper on a submarine. And I think the Royal Navy still call you today. No. Shouldn't have filled in that form. They want you. I was a prime candidate, that's why. Prime candidate. Female yeah. minesweeper. They like, bloody love me. Triathlete, massage therapist and PT. Cool. Blimey. So, yeah, go on. What what we had all this space, you related, you weren't having to get back on the bike or the turbo trainer. What went through your mind next? Because you, you 
you were very quick to say to me, I'm not just going to not do something. I'm going to find another sport. Try me doesn't stop. I want to find something else. And to be fair, like when I first came up with the concept, it was going to be a trial-based... Exercise, wasn't it? It was going to be like, I was going to do... It would have been for a certain period of time. So it it could have been six months, it could have been a year, dependent on whether I loved it, whether I was good at it, whether it was bloody hard, whether it was for me, and it was going to explore other sports that I probably wouldn't have maybe normally picked. Okay. So like triathlon was the one that was completely out of my comfort zone and it was three disciplines that I wasn't great at. Yeah. Wasn't great at, but like inexperienced. Yeah. So it was something to like challenge me. And then the next thing would be again, something to challenge me. Yep. So what, what did you decide and how did you make that decision? Um, I decided CrossFit. Okay. Reason being is because I got a friend who oh, have you? You who got does, a friend who does CrossFit. Good little friend. Um, he's he's pretty good at it nowadays, and um, we'll have to edit that out. I don't want him to hear that bit. <laughs> and we just had a conversation basically, and I and he. You can say his name, you know. Matt Tyler. There you go. <laughs> if you say it three times, he appears. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, don't say it again. We had a conversation, like quite a frank conversation. He's quite good at pulling honesty out of people, and just said like, "What is it that you want?" Mm. Um, and I was like I just want to be good at something okay and not to just like fall on my lap but like try and be good yeah um so I asked him I said do you think I'd be good at CrossFit and he said I think you'd be really good at it so I was like okay cool he we sat on it for like a day Mm -hmm. and no more messages were like sent and then I think it was like a Sunday morning he was like okay I'll help you with CrossFit (laughs) you didn't ask directly he'll do it what what and then from then on, he's been an absolute champ and done my programming and made me who I am today. <laughs> CrossFit? Yes. CrossFit Abbey? Yes. What appealed to CrossFit? Obviously, Matt does it. You work with Matt. You work in a gym. It does make sense to do it. But what else appealed to you? Because it, it's, it's hard. How hard you have to work. Okay. I like that you have to put in the effort to get something out of it. Yep. Um, just like the triathlon training, mm. not too dissimilar in, in the sense that it's endurance. You have to put yourself in dreadful places and mm-hmm. work and like basically knuckle down. And I liked that there was, again, so many other disciplines, so many other areas that right. I can try and get better at. And I like the fact that you can be good at them all, maybe not a master of one. Okay. Or that you could be good at some aspects and not so great at the other. <laughs> Am I going Aww. on here? <laughs> no. Um, I just mean, like, your strengths. Yeah, or your strengths could be someone else's weaknesses. Yeah. So you're like, three disciplines. This is too hard. 100 disciplines. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> I'll add to spin lots of plates. Yeah. Do you think you can bring over any transferable skills from triathlon into CrossFit? Mm, patience. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit of patience. The marginal gains. Okay. So maybe you wouldn't see it so much on running or a bike uh, where you could maybe improve by a fraction of a second or mm-hmm. maybe you didn't feel quite so fatigued in that one session. Like it could be the sim- very similar to what you're going to be trying to pursue in something so vast. 
Yep. Especially when it comes to weightlifting, like your goal, your wins are going to be maybe marginal. Yeah. It's still an endurance sport. There is still going to be cardio involved as well. So I, I guess a really good question would be all the triathlon training you've been doing. Yeah. Did you think you would be fit enough to go into CrossFit? Did you feel like you had to start again or did you feel like you were entering into a, a new discipline sport, but from a good place of sort of overall physical fitness? I thought I was okay. Yeah. Like, okay. Yep. And when I finished triathlon training, I knew I had a good cardiovascular endurance. Yeah. So you felt confident that moving into CrossFit wouldn't be too great a shock to the system? Maybe not of the cardio exposure, but I knew that I would probably have to start very small on weightlifting. Right. And build up strength from maybe something from a weight that's less than what I came came away from it. Right. In the beginning. So that's, I guess, where we can leave tape eight. Abby in lockdown, triathlon done, CrossFit. CrossFit in the garden, yo. CrossFit in the garden. The neighbours loved me. They did wonder what you were doing. That's uh, Try Me 1.0, series one, tape eight. So yeah, join us for season two. See you then. Thank you for listening to the Try Me Tapes. Don't forget to subscribe to hear the rest of the tapes. If you'd like to give a review, please head to podchaser.com or to share your athletic adventure, join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trymesport. <laughs> Just stop thought. <laughs> Blank. <laughs> A flat line. <laughs> That's all I hear in my ears. Just this constant ringing. Like. Panic. <laughs> 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 <laughs>